Hey everyone, it's Ariel Hawani. And I'm Chuck Mendenhall. And I'm Pete Carroll, and together we are Three Pack. Join us on the brand new Spotify Live app immediately after all of the biggest fights in combat sports. And also during the weigh-ins, because that's when the real drama happens. So what are you waiting for? Follow the Ring MMA show right now on our exclusive Spotify podcast feed. And come join the best community in MMA. Peace! We're out of here. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. My village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Cold open question of the week, Kaz. What's up, Dave? Who would you be more embarrassed to have make fun of you in public? MJF or Ricky Starks? Ah, I'm going to have to go. You know what? Young, as like I like I would say for a long time, young black people dissing you and young white people dissing you have two very different energies. And as you can tell, I'd have to go with Ricky Starks because not only does he make fun of your life, but he makes fun of your fit. And when your fit gets made fun of, that hurts you more than anything. Wait, that so. Is, th- so Ricky Starks will make fun of you worse, right? Yes, he will make fun of you worse because he makes fun of the clothes that you wear. Like so, the would you rather you know have he... would you rather have MJF running you down in front of everybody because it's less embarrassing? I think it's less embarrassing. Yeah, I care too much about what I wear for somebody to come at like like if somebody says I'm like my shirt's wrinkly or whatever. Like I'm so insecure for the rest of the time. Uh, it's it's impossible for me to function. So I'm going to have to pick MJF slightly. I can deal with MJF insults. So Ricky Starks making fun of my fit, though. I don't want none of that smoke at all. Just, just pierces <laughs> your soul. Your, yes. your, your beautiful designer label uh, wearing soul. Even worse, though. It's, it's you know, if you got a Forever 21 shirt on and he knows it's a Forever 21 shirt, but you're sitting there trying to pass it off as like, <laughs> Gucci or something like that. That's never a fun thing to be a part of. So yes, Ricky, you win this battle. I want no smoke with you. All right. Well, <laughs> I guess that takes us to where we need to go. Let's start the show. What's going on, Jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to the And you're listening, you're to, listening to, to You're listening to And you're listening to, you're listening to You are listening to the Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show with Kaz. Kaz calling in from the road. How you doing, buddy? 
Uh, a busy day, but um, I, I wanted to make sure I got in here and talked about what happened last night. Because, man, I don't like to say I told you so, Dave. You know I'm not a guy that says I told you so. But when we yeah. were giving out rockets a few weeks ago, I did say, hey, Ricky Starks, he's coming, he's coming. And I think yesterday he finally arrived. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he did. I can't remember. I mean, I... I can't remember the last time somebody picked up a microphone and made made themselves a star to the degree that Ricky Starks did. Now it's funny because it's like we all could have said that we could that he we you know we recognize he has this ability, mm-hmm. right? We mm-hmm. know that he's elite, no pun intended. You know, we know we know that he's that he's the sort of guy that can that could do this. But then you see it happen. This is the, one of the beauties of pro wrestling. I think we're going to avoid the whole what is pro wrestling debate that's been going on on Twitter <laughs> and elsewhere. At least maybe we'll save that for a holiday episode. But right. uh, but this is what's amazing about pro wrestling is that you can just, in a, the blink of an eye, turn Stars. yourself into a super duper star. Yeah, yeah. I it's funny. Say, no, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say it, it's it's a... it's it, it was wild to watch. You know, a lot of people are... You know, comparing this to things in the past, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a great back and forth promos. Um, to me, it was like when Jericho debuted in WWE and went and had like a microphone battle with The Rock just out of nowhere. And it, because mm. it, because it not only showed you the league that Jericho was in, like we didn't know already, we knew, but to see him going face to face, well, at some distance from The Rock, let you know. What w, the WWF, how the WWF saw him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's this combination of opportunity and execution, right? You got to have the gifts. You got to have, you got to embrace the moment to shine. Yeah. But you also got to get that perfect spot. Yeah. I, I would say the reason why this was such an easy, not an easy opportunity, but such uh, an opportunity for Ricky Starks to really turn himself into a star was because. Usually when these moments happen, they kind of murmurs within like pockets of like fan sections where it's like, man, like everyone sort of that follows AEW and especially follows the young town in AEW, uh, especially with all the turmoil that's happened in the past several months and just where this company needs to go. There's always been that sort of question of, well, if you want this company to stay along forever, they have to eventually build new stars, right? Like they eventually have to have, who would be one of those guys? And for a long time, people would always say, Ricky Starks, Ricky Starks, Ricky Starks. So that moment last night was the first opportunity. All those folks that believed in him got to say, here's your chance. Here's your, you're up to bat. The bases are loaded. Like the, the scene is set. It's the bottom of the ninth. You know what I mean? Like, you you have the opportunity to really come through in the clutch, as as most uh, I guess analysts would put it. And I think that's what Ricky Starks did yesterday, man. Like he came through in a time where not just was it a good program that you're excited for with MJF, but it gives you a glimpse into being like, oh, they're gonna be okay. Like they're gonna be fine if they have young stars like this, like that can go and carry a main event program for your most important title. You know. Um, MJF's going to need as as great of a heel as he is uh, turning out to be in his career. He's going to need a foil. He's going to need uh, the the mm-hmm. antidote to that. He's going to need somebody who kind of has the same age, the same sort of um, charisma, 
the same sort of um, opportunity to be great. Um, he's going to need somebody to play off of if he wants to be one of the greats that he always claims himself to be. And Ricky Starks is the first person to step in line after, you know, he become world champion to say, you know what, I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to be that person that's going to go opposite you. And I may not win next week, but you're going to remember and keep talking about me after next week till it gets to the point that this guy is going to be a world champion one day. It may not happen immediately. Dude, it felt like it should happen immediately after last night. I mean, that's the magic (laughs) of a moment like that, right? It's just like, just give him the strap, man. Just 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 let him go. I mean, it's so funny. MJF's been champion for like 45 minutes (laughs) and we're already just trying to book the next guy up. I mean, it is an interesting conundrum, you know, whether or not you treat MJF like Ric Flair uh, or whether you, you know, treat him like, well, someone of a more modern vintage where you can, Mm -hmm. you know, once you get the belt, you're established and then you immediately start helping other people, establish other people. Um, But I don't know, man. I mean, in your time working, you know, behind the scenes, did you ever have a conversation when you were like putting somebody, when you like were, were, you or somebody else was like writing a segment or not even writing a segment when you saw the run sheet and they, did anyone ever point at a, uh, you know, fill in the blank, grabs a microphone on the run sheet and says, and say, this is his opportunity, his or her opportunity to become legendary. I mean, is it, do you ever <laughs> know that going in? Um, I would say in, in my short time, I think you, you, you make opportunities for those people to, to happen. Um, I think the closest I would I would say to okay here comes your opportunity or or me seeing somebody have an opportunity to really like step up to the plate where sort of all of the pieces sort of fit in and it wasn't so much a promo but it was a moment I always talk about this moment is uh Becky Lynch uh in the Road to Survivor series right like it was right after um I, I was right after uh SummerSlam uh Becky had like been healed for quite some time but she was such a hot act. I don't know if people knew, you know what I mean? Like if she was ready to really not just be a hot act, but also be a world champion, you know what I mean? And it wasn't so much what she, what she said, but you know, wrestling's all about moments. And that was a moment there where the, the stars just aligned for a perfect sort of like exalting of somebody's talent. And the, 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 the moments that aligned for Becky was, breaking into the raw locker room, putting Rhonda in the, in the disarmor in the locker room, running out, getting the entire uh, red team jumped or whatever, accidentally breaking her nose, still fighting through it. And then like, she's built up this badass persona where when you know it's coming, you're like, man, if she really nails this, this could be, this could be pretty, this could, this could set her up for a really good future, a really good next couple of months. And yeah. in the best case of scenarios, it goes, wow, it went so good. Maybe we got to rethink our plans on what we're doing and say, like, okay, like, we know these moments don't happen that often. So even if we had a plan going into next week or next month or the next year or whatever, we have to involve this person now. Yeah, And that's kind of what happened with Becky. Like, it was like... Even if she wasn't, even if the long-term plan wasn't her eventually becoming the double champion at WrestleMania and being the first woman to main event uh, at WrestleMania and win it, that moment there sparked, like that moment of her holding up two titles doesn't happen with that spark of a moment leading up to Survivor Series. And I think for Ricky Starks, 
this was that moment for him. Like, we'll go and look back at this promo and this stare down with MJF when eventually he does do something great in this industry, whether it's a world championship or or a big moment or something like that, and be like, this is when it started. This is when everybody said, man, we got something special here. And, we, and if we hone it just right, we can do some great things. How great was the spear that knocked off MJF's shoe? Do you did they gimmick MJF's shoes for that bit? Do you think he like left them on loose? I have no idea. My goodness, it was. It, I don't know if he had the wherewithal to like Matt Riddle his shoes like on the spear, but it looked so cartoonish and great. It was it was awesome, man. Like it was a great great moment. What do you think? Does Ricky Starks take the title or no? I almost okay. Here's the thing. So here's I, I almost think that it would do him a disservice to just shotgun the title because it was so good, right? Like I think now is the time that you truly build him. I think you put him in a position where he loses, but he looks great. He, it doesn't happen in a clean way, and now you you you've just wet the appetite for a long rivalry. Like I think just putting the title on him and saying like, hey, this is our guy now, does nobody any favors. I think the best thing you need to do is now start to tell the story of Ricky Starks of when he eventually gets that rematch and truly grows into the person who ends this reign or, or has the opportunity to end this reign. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you see that start, you see a moment like that and you just get your mouth waters, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, you're just like, oh man, what a champ that guy could be. I mean, this is frankly where AEW should have been a while ago, right? I mean, just like really making these stars, making them the center of attention. Um, I know you got to get out of here. I know our mm. listeners are going to be disappointed. I'm so uh, sorry. You got some very important stuff to do, but we're going to keep going on the show. I just wanted, you you weren't even supposed to be here. I just wanted to talk to you about Ricky Starks, man. So man. thank you for coming on. Uh, hope you're doing, hope you have a good rest of the day, man. I appreciate you, brother. You take it easy, man. All right. We'll talk to you soon, Kaz. Yes, sir. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. 
Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. And now we are joined by the one and only Phil Schneider. I think producer Brian Waters is going to pop in in a second too. Um, but we just got a lot more to talk about. We, I just talked to Kaz about Ricky Starks turning into a legend in, uh, in the span of, well, a segment and a half or whatever on, on Dynamite last night. Um, well, we're, I'm going to talk about some other stuff, but since we're already on the subject, what was your, what was your, what was your level of awe in, uh, after Starks' uh, performance last night? It was pretty, it was pretty high. I mean, it was really, it was fun to see, right? Because I think he's one of those guys that's been kind of, it's almost like you, you seen like an NBA prospect who's like, oh man, that guy's, you know, puts it all together. Uh, he's really going to be special. And the, but the, at some point you go, well, maybe he's not ever really going to put it all together. And mm-hmm. then you see like the, the three weeks where he explodes and it, it felt a little like that. It's like, oh man, this is the sort of, platonic ideal of what we hoped Ricky Starks would be at some point. But yeah, it's true. It's almost, it, it is it's sort of like, better. it's sort of like, um, like Ben Caro this year, or, I mean, there, there's, it's just one of these guys where you, you've seen him play in college and you know that they have some skills or whatever, but to immediately, you know, as soon as the whistle blows, you're like, Oh, everything about him translates and maybe more, you know, maybe he's going to be a better pro player than he was a college player. Um, you see that a little bit in Ricky Starks because but, as I mean, soon as your first instinct when watching it is though they should just put the title on him because that was kind of mine. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it, and I think it's natural. You know, that's a natural reaction. I was saying to Cavs when you come off when you have an, a moment like that, right? I mean, it doesn't mean that with some hindsight or with some distance that's still the right decision, but that was a performance that made you think this guy should be champ. No. I'm sure they'll have him chase for a little while, even though he's fighting for it. And maybe they just, I mean, I, I don't really know what the right thing to do is here. You know, putting the title on MJF felt like an inevitability in the best possible way when it happened. Um, but, you know, now you have to figure out what to do next. And is it, I said this to Kaz, do you let him just let MJF have a run? Like have a, like, you know, unstoppable champion run for a while? Or do you immediately get in the, mud and start swapping titles or whatever i don't know i mean it's 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 a tough call but i do think that i do think that ricky starks ricky let's just i'll just put it this way there were a lot of unknowns to the to a general audience when AEW started there's no reason why you know ricky starks can't be the next hangman adam page or 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 even you know well i mean kenny omega had such a platform but but he could have been a guy that he can be a guy that all it takes is the promotion saying you're this is our top guy and it sort of becomes reality because he's got that much talent yeah it'll be interesting to see how many different uh tunes he can play right like he, that one he knocked out of the park but i think mm-hmm. to be like a real top tier able to do a bunch of different things so that i think is the next step as well can ricky starks do play different layers or can mm-hmm. or is this the thing that he does well and i mean it, in some ways i think it's, it's still an open question with mjf too right like mm-hmm. how much how many different layers does he play he's played more he's had opportunities to play more right but i think you're going to need more from him than just doing the i'm coming out and cutting the kind of troll promo every week like that's not going to last 
six months or a year. We're going to need to see some different things from him that I'm going to come out and I'm going to do the insult the crowd. And I'm going to talk about, uh, you know, the, the, you know, the thing he's done, I mean, it's only two weeks, right? So he's going to have lots of opportunities to do that, but he's going to need to do yeah. something different than the thing that he did for these two weeks. That's not going to last six months, right? Mm-hmm. He's, we're going to burn him out in a way that Moxley's incredibly nuanced. That's a kind of thing I think you can serve as a foil for your opponents for a long time. Like, I don't think we're going to, we wouldn't get sick of John Moxley coming up, talking trash and beating somebody up. I could see mm-hmm. getting pretty tired of JF cutting the same promo every, you know, month or two. I, again, I'm a little lower th- on him, I think, as a performer than some other people are, although I, you know, am constantly being proven wrong every week with him in a lot of ways, but started a little lower people. If I had to guess, I would guess that they're going to they're not just going to go into a full-fledged promo. I mean a full-fledged a full-fledged uh uh feud with these two right now. It feels like at least based on the reaction of people watching it, it feels like it, there's just too there's it feels like these two guys are going to be booked as the two guys and to make that <laughs> if you're gonna make them Stone Cold and The Rock, or The Rock and Triple H, or whoever you know, whatever the whatever the feud you want to point to is, people that just go back and forth and elevate each other over a long period of time, you kind of got to keep them apart a little bit. So it wouldn't shock me if we had a great match at Winter Is Coming, and then they found some contrivance to keep them apart. But I'm not sure that, but I, I'm not sure that that's what I would do. I just think their chemistry was great, and I would love to just to see. I, I, I just don't know enough. These are two like supernovas right now. You know, I mean, MJF, like we talked about last week, like the crowd doesn't even know how to respond to him half the time. Now, when he's getting speared by Ricky Starks, speared out of his shoes by Ricky Starks, the crowd does know what to do. And so maybe that's a sign they're going in the right direction by putting these two together. I don't know. It's, I am definitely interested. This is the sort of meta storyline that I'm very invested in in AEW is I'm not worried about winking references to backstage fights the sort of meta storyline i'm interested in is how what does aew the business decide to do when you have two stars like this standing next to each other in the ring how do you plot out the future yeah it'll be i mean i i think you the worry the worry you might have is you want to capitalize on this in a Mm -hmm. way right where you don't want this to be you don't want you don't want to go ahead and let it fizzle out by dragging it out too long but also you just you know, JF has just got it, right? He hasn't had a chance to do his thing yet. So if you cut him off at the knees, it's like, oh man, you know, is that going to, how much damage, if you, these are your two guys, how do you serve both of them at once, right? Mm -hmm. How do you not cut off Ricky Starks? How do you not cut off MJF? If you think, okay, and sit five, the two top guys in our promotion, which it seems like it is. Although, again, you know, it is really, I would we have said that about Ricky Starks two weeks ago? I don't know. I mean, a, a part of this may be a little bit of recency bias, right? He had this, like, huge moment. And mm-hmm. is that going to be something that, it, does that really mean that this is going to be a huge moment in a year? I mean, probably, you hope so, but it is, a, we, maybe, you know, the, when you see this, you're like, oh, man, this, this is it. He's the next dude. And, you know, to be the dude, consistently week after week after week and that i think we're still we're still yet to see um but i you know 
I don't think it could have gone better. I mean, you know, I, I think it's, you know, obviously AW's last week, they had this awful, uh, you know, ram, uh, rampage rating and things were looking a little, the regal things was a little weird and a week up until Wednesday. And then I think what, you know, that's the, you know, you do a show every week and sometimes you can change the narrative and it's true. I think did, right. Yeah. And if they do, I mean, obviously, you know, their ratings tell some sort of story and we don't like to be over reliant on them when we talk about them, but you're right. They do matter right now. I think this is sort of like, I mean, I do think that this shows a very, like a certain amount of determination on the part of Tony Khan and it, and, and confidence in some way too, because this is like, we're in like hard reset sort of cat territory with AEW, right? We got basically like AEW, I mean, let's just say non-WWE stars. We got people that have functionally been made by AEW as the world champ, as the challenger to the world championship, as your women's champion, world champ, as your women, both women's champions, the tag team titles, like all of these are AEW people, right? And, and, um, and Orange Cassidy too, like it, it's the, I mean, this is a, this is about as kind of defiant as you can be in the face of ratings trouble, right? I mean, it would be, I think a lot of people, WWE included would have a ratings moment, you know, if they, if they saw some problems with the ratings, traditionally WWE was just like, you know. Let's get Brock Lesnar back in here. Let's get John Cena back. Let's, let's put John Cena. <laughs> let's put in the old days. It was during that, that the the brand split. Remember, they were just like the brand split ended because John they wanted John Cena to to pop ratings on both shows. You know, and and right, it, and they're like, nope. What we're going to do is we're going to do Ricky, this guy who was on NWA's YouTube thing, and this other guy who's twenty four years old who was you know working indies you know three years ago. And those are going to be and not, guys, and we're going to just go ahead and do it. And, Hell, but I mean, yeah. I think the advantage of you know, the, here's the thing: like Tony Khan has has fuck you money, and some of the advantage of having fuck you money is sometimes you can say, "Ah, fuck you." Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, he doesn't. He, he you know, but but he's still got to deal with ratings. He's still got to deal with this Time Warner Discovery. You know, he's still got to deal with you know, the, the, those are real issues that money doesn't. You know, I don't think he can just like, you know, present a bag of hundreds to to. David Zasloff or whatever, like, you know, like they gave Andre the Giant after he slammed Big John Studd. But he's, he does have to face that. And I think that's why it shows confidence and determination. I think it, I think it projects a lot of positivity to do that because it's it would be really easy to say, let's roll back Danielson Moxley because they're famous people. You know, let's, let's, let's get Kenny Omega away from the bucks and put him back at the top of the car, you know, just to sort of like use those, those crutches. I don't know. I, I think it, I think it speaks positively of, of where they're going. I, we, we, let's, I want to transition off of this slightly. Um, uh, the main event last night was a pretty exceptional tag team match. <laughs> it felt like there was a lot of internet angst about why this match was happening. Um, but it ended up being a great match. Um, and Brian, Brian Waters is, 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 is sliding into our DMS right now. So Brian, whenever, whenever you want to talk, feel free, but it was, it was the acclaimed versus the versus FTR. Um, I'm not quite sure why it happened still, although it was an excellent showcase and it got FTR back in the sort of, you know, front of the brain so that they could set up this match against the Briscoes. 
at the Ring of Honor pay-per-view this weekend. A uh, double dog collar match. Have we had... There must have been a double dog collar match in wrestling history, Phil. Do, do, you, <laughs> do you know the answer in here? In fact, if people want to keep their eyes on the ringer.com over the next couple days, uh, which I was writing when you called me to come on this show about the history of... about the great dog collar match in history, including one of those. I think the most famous double dog collar match would be Pitbulls versus Raven and Stevie Richards in ECW, which is oh, like yeah. all classic... ECW, just like you know what, everything goes in the omelet kind of match, which is we're gonna have 50 run ins and we're gonna do all this stuff. And like the one of those, like Paul Heyman, uh, you know, 15 cups of thing else, like coffee booking things where it all kind of clicked together. Um, and they've been up had them had double dog cop matches on the Indies and things like that too. And, and so, do uh, they traditionally have one? Is it like an X-shaped dog collar, so they're all connected together, or is it just they pair off the the the? It's the usually one combat. person dog collar to somebody else. X-shaped dog collar seems like it would very very much limit the kind of things that you could successfully pull off. It just feels like eventually you all get tied together the way like the you know it the end of it the way like if your your wife puts a bunch of necklaces in a jewelry box and then tries to pull them out, it feels like that that would be the end of an X X uh, dog collar. Uh, linked dog collar um but yeah man it's pretty it's pretty you know i was you know i was actually uh you know uh dming with our, our editor cal about like what is this show they're putting on in the middle of the day they've got no like reason like obviously i was gonna watch and i watch everything but you know like you're talking about final battle like these shows where i could imagine why somebody who was doesn't watch everything for their job would would pony up money to see and then it's like oh okay well here's a reason Right, like, you know, like okay, they figured it out. Like, I mean, they they have one sort. It seems like ROH pay per views have one tune, just running FTR Briscoes. But that's a great tune. You can keep playing that tune for a long time. It's like back in the Smoky Mountain days, where every main event in the Smoky Mountain was uh was Rock and Roll Express versus Heavenly Bodies. Well, it's like, all right, that's a really good match. You can run that twenty five times, and you kind of want to see it twenty five times. Yeah. Um, what's up, Brian? How you doing, man? I'm alright. I just um, you know, I was filling in for another podcast. We're just uh, producing it, so I got the call. You get the call to come on the mask, man. You can't say no. Put out the bat signal. Uh, you're a Ring <laughs> of Honor guy, regionally as well as just general fandom. What 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 match on the um, final battle are you looking forward to the most? It's definitely that one. Um, I missed it when they were in Dallas. You know, I, I elected to. Where did I? I think yeah, we hung out, <laughs> so I ended up not going to um. The Ring of FTR Honor. and Briscoe's match. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think I got you tickets, Brian. Did I got you tickets? He did. He did. he did. And we, 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 we. I don't know. We did something <laughs> else instead. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that match, and um, I think that, you know, you have these two tag teams. They've been going back and forth. When I went to Final Battle last year, and you saw like the confrontation, and it was just like nasty. Like it felt real. Like they had been talking a bunch of stuff to each other online and now mm -hmm. it was time. But I'm really looking forward to the Shane Taylor and yeah. Keith Lee showdown. Shane I Taylor's right. this, to... whole, this whole thing mm -hmm. has been booked sort of this this whole event felt like it all came together in the past 15 minutes. But right. it's yeah, it's hard to not be excited about swerving our glory against Shane Taylor promotions. I I mean Wow, that is that is a pretty deep cut. So far as I mean, in, in, in a in a promotion that's built around deep cuts, um, that's a that's that's a pretty exceptional one. Um, so yeah, I, I'm excited about that too. 
Yeah, I just don't yeah, I, understand. You, I kind of wish it was one on one. I don't yeah. understand why they went, um, you know, a tag team route, but that also is intriguing. So, yeah, no, yeah, I, I, I agree. Maybe they're saving that for later. Up. I don't. What do you? What, yeah, did, you, what do you say? One match. You got. You got to run. If you're going to run three or four ROH pay per views in a, uh, a year, you know, you do the tag match to set up the singles match. Um, and I think maybe I think also I mean Shane Taylor is a, a character who's being introduced to the ADW audience for the first time on this. Mm-hmm. You know, he showed up and did one promo. So maybe you, you let him have a tag match. You let that simmer a little bit and really build. You know, it was the first cup. You know, build that feud for the first couple of months of ROH TV or something. No, that makes one sense. of your top two or three matches on a pay-per-view which i think it has the capacity to be we got um jericho versus claudio in the in the main event um if 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 claudio loses he has to join the jericho appreciation society um i'm not sure which ending that projects more uh usually if it starts with if somebody loses and you assume they're gonna win but damn uh, him in the Jericho Appreciation Society feels like good material. I don't know. I, I mean, that might be a better path forward than him as Ring of Honor champion. Um, I kind of want to see that. It does. See, I know I do too. The <laughs> other, the flip side is Tony Khan seems to again be signaling that they might have some sort of TV deal after this event to announce. Who knows? But again. Hindsight will be twenty twenty. It'll either, we'll either say, "Oh yeah, well they have a TV deal, so that's why Jericho's the champ," or they have a TV deal and you know Jericho doesn't want to work Saturdays, so that's why he's not the champ. You know, I mean, I, whatever it is, it'll be pretty clear, I guess, once it happens, which is you know, the I way know the that works. kind of stipulation. The guy's got a sunshine has got to clean out, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the the, the Von Erichs ranch kind of stuff. Usually with that sort of thing it does end up coming through, right? Like You're right. You know, yeah, you like, got to be my butler. You got to, yeah, yeah, exactly. Usually said something like that up and go, okay, now you don't have to be your butler. No, it's yeah. like, got to be the butler for a while. They do some stuff with the butler. And, you You're know, right. and so Claudio's guy. So I, I'm assuming Jericho wins, although there is that what you're saying, this idea of, are they going to want him on? Isn't, uh, if the ROH television show is not on Discovery, one of those platforms, aren't they going to want Jericho to be on TNT or TBS, not on whatever ROH? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he's you know, obviously one of the two or three biggest stars in that, in AEW, certainly the one that you're, if an executive's heard of somebody in AEW, they haven't heard of MJF, they've heard of Chris Jericho, right? Like It's true. Um, that was the reason why I thought he got the title in the first place. Yeah, I think I think that's right. I mean, he definitely that he definitely did. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, I think it would make sense if he held on to the title. And also, you know, you're right, Claudio joining the JS is a is a good look, um, or at least provides some interesting opportunities for storytelling. Especially because Claudio, in his entire time with the Blackpool Combat Club, has just sort of, you know, either been wrestling or standing behind other dudes, looking sort of bemused. Last night uh, was maybe the pinnacle of that when he. Was with Wheeler Yuta and, and Moxley as they sort of reacted to Regal formally leaving them. Okay, picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sort of perplexed by this whole thing. I guess the the news finally came out. Tony Khan said on his media call that that you know Regal asked to go back and work with his son in WWE and is going to be an will not be an on screen character. And Tony Khan, who was going through some stuff with his mom at the time, said you know kindly said sure. Um, it reflects well, I think, on Tony Khan, and I think it's the right thing to do in a lot of different ways. But uh, I was sort of expecting them to be done with him after they left him lying last week, you know, or I mean, it, it, it seemed weird to have him come back just to sort of like, just to sort of wish them all well. I mean, I'm, uh, it felt like one step too cute for me, I guess, you know, I mean, you got to write him off, you got to write him off, but him sort of like disappearing like a, like a superhero into the night or something, or just like, you know, I don't know. It just, it all seems so weird. What, what did you think about that, that, that Regal promo? Phil, to see him, uh, the, I want us to see them say farewell to William Regal every week for like two months, like just <laughs> continuously. It's like an ongoing bit where he just gets written off the show every week. Like next week, they do another thing where William Regal gets written off the show in a different way because it felt like he got written off three weeks in a row, right? Like, like they just keep doing it. I don't know. It was, it was weird. I mean, I like William Regal. I think he's a great promo. He's one of my, you know, one of my guys and one of my all time favorites, but. Uh, feel uh, uh, it didn't feel like they. It really felt like the a last minute slap together thing, which seems weird because it feels like the way it was described. Like I'd like to get out of my contract and go back uh, to work with. I mean, it feels like you you could have some runway to figure out this a little bit. Like it didn't like you didn't feel like you needed to leave. Immediately, it wasn't like he got fired like CM Punk did. Uh, mm-hmm. Something well, to do to make past- it work, right? Why can't you actually make something that makes sense to, to say goodbye to William Regal as opposed to the last three weeks, which really have it? The, the past three weeks have each felt like it was, it, was, it was a misbegotten farewell, right? I mean, if you go, he could have left after the pay-per-view, you know, just like, whatever like he did the one bad thing and now he's gone the next week it seemed like they were kind of writing him off backstage or there was some feeling of that but then he came back again got laid out that felt like the like a, a more appropriate ending but whatever and then this is it's like they keep trying to write the last last verse of the song or something and and they're not getting it right so they keep writing more and more i don't know brian what do you are you, listen we'll be moving on soon no more regal talk <laughs> on the podcast for a while but what what was your take it was the same thing, just uh, like you said, you said it best. It's a little too cute. Um, I get it. And and Kerm said it best in the chat. They could have at least gave him a neck brace. But yeah, I, you know, yeah, like, but the, I think school. the story was this promo was filmed before MJF knocked him out, right? Wasn't that the story behind it? Like this was something he did as like a suicide note or a last will and testament Ooh, before that, MJF uh. hit him. I mean, the whole thing didn't make a lot of sense, but that was the gist I got from Tony Schiavone was like, yeah, I recorded this with, from Wheelie Regal from three weeks ago after the turn, but before MJF turned on him, just yeah. in case something happened. Like, uh, like it's you know an Agatha Christie movie or something like that. They could have thrown a filter if you watching over it. this video. That means I'm dead. MJF's yeah, right. the killer. 
they should have thrown a filter over it. That's the right. That's the right response from a producer. Make it look different. Make it feel different. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was just weird. It was. It was just weird. And then I don't know. I mean, Danielson. Who knows what's going on there? I mean, the whole thing just. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it feels well, like if anybody's going to react to him because he's been the one in the Blackpool Combat Club who's been reacting to the Regal thing, right? Mm-hmm. And have him not even be there that week for them to do this again. Very. Very weird. Like uh, the whole thing. It, it almost like it also just like such a a, a a amount of time being used to sign off William Regal, who again I love is one of my all time favorite characters. But they're treating him as like Johnny Carson's retired or something like that. You're right. All the, that's that's come a, in every week. To that's a really good point. Say, because my wings. I mean, it's just like he, he could just not be on TV again. It's not like he hasn't mean that much to the promotion. He's only been there eight months. That's a really good point because they do AEW at times does rely too much on the the hardcore wrestling fans institutional knowledge of the history of pro wrestling. It's not a bad thing. They should acknowledge it, but like they do rely on that a lot. But all those fans know where Regal is going and why he's going and nobody thinks that he's actually made a deci- that he actually is making his decision based on his feeling that he's done educating the members of the combat. I mean, everybody knows what's going on with those segment with that, that last segment is really forward for, is for, you know, is for the storytelling purposes, but it's for the audience that doesn't know, you know, I mean, if, if Regal was just like, I mean, for, for a lot of fans, if Regal was just, just disappeared one day, we'd all kind of be okay. Cause we understand what's going on, but for the fans that don't really know what's going on. Yeah. Why is that? It, it just, it, it seemed it just seemed too winking, you know, it's too, it was just really unnecessary. Just really, it just, it's also 2022. So if you're really curious about it, you don't need to call mean jeans hotline and Mm -hmm. spend the 99 cents a minute to listen to the recorded uh, audio of what's going on. You can just Google regal and on your phone and then you can find out. So the, I this it, it, maybe this ties into a dumb complaint I see on Twitter a lot, where it's where everyone's like, "Why don't they explaining who Shane Taylor is? Nobody knows who he is. What mm-hmm. kind of you don't necessarily need to have Shane Taylor come out with an I'm Shane Taylor, Shane Taylor Productions, who has this relationship with Keith Lee? Let me explain it to you, audience. It's like yeah. people go, "Oh, I Shane Taylor. I've heard of that name, but not sure." You Google Shane Taylor, and then you can find out what's what's going on here. It's not like the idea that, that that some fans have that everything needs to be explained every time something happens, and every guy you can't just have a guy show up. We need to have three weeks of video packages. It's just dumb. It's not. It's in the it's world true. that we currently I, live in. I agree. It doesn't help though when like someone's farewell is like not is like totally. It doesn't make any sense based on the character they've been so far. Right, I mean, it's it. it no, I'm not. Regal, I'm not. That that's not me excusing the regal thing. Oh yeah, okay. Is well, I know it's not. It's just. It's it's just. It it was like a. It, it was like the, the. It was like the last episode of Lost. It was just like you know, or or a movie that ends with a Morgan Freeman voiceover. It's like it was just like really like that's like you're just gonna try to hand wave all this stuff away and just tie and put it in and put a neat bow on it. It's like okay, I guess like whatever. But we'll move on. We can move on. Also, one, one more thing about mm-hmm. this, because it is weird. I have one more point. <laughs> Why have Regal do this if he's leaving? Why yeah. have that be the finish of MJF, uh, Sean Moxley? If Because they knew from the timeline, he knew that Regal was leaving before you, you the pay-per-view. So why even do this? Why not have the finish be, uh, be how about this? 
John, uh, the MJF grabs the brass knuckles from Regal and punches him in the back of the head. Moxley gets distracted because he did this horrible thing and he gets hit by the brass knuckles and pinned or gets rolled up or whatever. And that's how you have the finish. And then you don't have to have this weird Regal turn that doesn't make any sense. You don't have to have the weeks of things. Regal's off TV because he's got a bad brain bleed and this happened. The Blackpool Combat Club wants to murder MJF. You're done. And it seems like a much simpler A to B booking thing than having whatever the hell was going on the last three weeks where Regal turns and then he leaves and then, then MJF turns to him two weeks later and then he cuts this weird uh, a salutary promo at the end talking about how much he loves everyone and then he's gone again. I mean, it just feels like you 11 steps where the simple step is just step one and having Regal be a huge or, moment when you know he's leaving in three weeks seems to make wait, no sense. Let me let me back it up even further. I mean, I, I totally agree with what you said, but if you want to take it, you said one step, how about no steps? How about not have him play a role at the pay-per-view? You know, I mean, how you could, I mean, I, I don't know how long this was in the, this was planned, but like, dude, why not just have Moxley say like, whatever, like, I, I don't need you for this one guy. I got, I, I'm going to defend the title on my own. Please don't come to the ring. And like, have that be the last time we ever saw him. You know, I mean, he was, he, he, he Moxley outgrows him. That's it. Um, MJF's never said he wasn't going to, he wasn't, you know, he was, he wasn't going to bring the brass knucks in his own tights or something. Like he could have gotten them a million different ways, but he could have brought them himself. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. Anyway, anyway, uh, we got a ring of honor show this weekend. We also have an NXT show this weekend. Um, a lot, a lot, a lot of wrestling going on on Saturday. Um, NXT deadline coming to you, uh, live from Orlando, Florida, as most things NXT are, um, uh, still trying to figure out the Iron Survivor Challenge uh, rules and regulations. However, um, uh, those two matches, uh, particularly the one on the men's side, just look like potentially just absolutely epic, epic bouts. Um, and then you have Braun Breaker versus Apollo Crews, who have had a... I don't think this is going to be a cinematic match, but it was. it's certainly been a <laughs> cinematic build. Um, yep. <laughs> Uh, if it ends with like a pre a pre-taped segment of them having a gunfight on Sunset Boulevard, I guess I wouldn't be too shocked. Um, but I've I've actually really enjoyed it. I mean, like just do do what you're gonna do. And then um, the big news from this week is that Pretty Deadly is uh, defending the NXT Tag Team Championship against the New Day at the show. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you most excited about, Brian? Honestly, the tag team match. Uh. I mean, the Iron Survivor Challenge is going to be cool, but I have no expectations for it. But I was saying I would put the tag titles on the New Day just to, you know, kind of shake things up a little bit. And I know, you know, you got to sell advertising because it's on USA. I think they help get Pretty Deadly over uh, and have Pretty Deadly, you know, get the titles back maybe at NXT Vengeance in February, which will be on the road in Charlotte. But Considering that you do have to like sell out arenas now, you kind of need some names. So if they get ready to hit the road again, why not put the new day? I mean, they done done everything they could with the main roster. Get work with some of these young guys. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, you know, it feels like it feels like a given that the new day will lose because that's what these folks that come down from the main roster always do. But you're right. It makes a lot of sense. It also throws that sort of wild card element into it of anything can happen. When we bring people down, they can really, you know, have they they, they might actually just upend the expectations. 
Um, Dolph Ziggler and, was NXT champion this year. Yeah, that's true. And 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 when they needed a you know like a tiny dose of mainstream cred or whatever, that's the, that's the direction that they went. You're right. Pretty deadly mm-hmm. sort of seems to be sort of. Be, I mean, they seem. I, I enjoy them more every time I see them. I mean, they're an excellent tag team, and they're just like endlessly entertaining. Um, mm-hmm. But there's no comparison between them and New Day in terms of just star power. I mean, I think that I, I don't. Know, it's not, not not a not a not a bad call, Phil. Which of these matches are you most looking forward to? I'm a, I'm a breaker guy. He's my dude, so I always like to. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm really excited. So I always am excited to see him. The, the, I think the two the the survival matches should be fun. I a lot of times those matches in the ring at the same time kind of don't, I, aren't my usually my kind of thing. It's a little over overdone sometimes. But you know, a lot of talented people that I, who I like watching in that. Um, do we know is is there anything else besides those two the t- and the title match um, and the tag match? Is there like oh. a fifth? Is there like any, anything else on the card? Like have they? Um, are the they're doing, wrestling? They're doing Alba Fire versus Isla Dawn. Oh, okay. Um, which could be really good. Um, also, those I'm just staring at those two names and just like this. These it sounds like they're members of a tag team. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they. they or, I mean that or listen, or, a, or a, uh, Dungeons and Dragons Guild. Well, sure, that too. <laughs> um, no, I think that they have. I think they 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 have both of these these those women sort of earmarked for bigger and better things. So it'll be kind of interesting to see what they do with that. Um, and it, I'm sure that'll be a really good match. I don't know if they're going to add anything else to the show. I don't really think they need to. So I, I mean, I think they're pretty well set up. Both of those Survivor matches could you know be really long. Um, That's true. And eat up a lot of that. Eat up a lot of show time. Um, I don't know. It's 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 going to be a f- on NXT that tickled my specific wrestling nerd fancy was the idea of of uh charlie dempsey drew gulak coming down the road at some point that got me very excited i'm a i'm a big gulak guy for a guy who is super talented for the most part is not for a long time and i am like you know i think charlie dempsey i'm putting together a top uh 20 list of the best matches of the year should be coming out on the ringer.com relatively soon charlie dempsey a kid is going to be preposterously too high on that list for a match that I just absolutely didn't like, you know, he's probably only wrestled on TV like a half a dozen times. And I think him and Drew Gulak could be very, very special in a, a way that, you know, will be one of incredibly high on the uh, 2023 list that I put out in a year from now kind of match. So that's the thing that excited me the most uh, was that idea of like, oh man, they're doing something with these two guys who I think are both great and and hardly used, so that's really cool. I, yeah, so no, and that it's, was the match I'm forward to the most. That may be uh, happening at, on a future NXT show. Yeah, and it's that's that that uh, Dempsey A Kid match is particularly uh, significant because A Kid I think formally retired after that match and is now working with orphans in Mexico or something. So it's uh, yeah, yeah, I think that might they're right, but that might have been his last match as a kid. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a uh, it's. It's Dempsey. The Dempsey thing is great, and Gulak is great. They they should just. Uh, I mean, Gulak I think works down there. I don't know if that's his full time job, um, but I I know he is. He he helps with the training down there to some extent. Um, but man, he is. He I mean, we we saw him feud with Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, whoever, right before I mean, in in his the, the tail end of his time there. Uh, Gulak is so underrated. I mean, he's he's not underrated, but he's just so underused. You know, I mean, he could. 
there's still a lot of work that he could that he could do for the WWE. So you know, but him against Dempsey could be freaking amazing, man. Um, but I, yeah, I'm excited about that one too. Uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, I think that for as far as the NXT show goes, I mean, I you know, I have I think probably the Men's Iron Survivor match is probably top for me. Although I am very interested to see the Breaker Cruise chemistry on this card. Uh, I'll be I I, I th- it could be um yeah I mean I th- I think it could be a lot of fun. I think it'll show us a lot. I mean every Braun Breaker match shows us we learn something about Braun Breaker, right? We learn we get to sort of adjust our expectations for him and usually in an upward fashion. Um this is really big for Apollo Cruz too. I mean he's he's just an elite worker and it would be it would be I I I hope they I'm sure they will give him an opportunity to shine. Um as far as the Ring of Honor show goes, man, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit down and mark out for a lot of this. Um, Nick Bond earlier this week was just, or Nick Bond, I was talking to him earlier, was going crazy, just imagining Samoa Joe versus Juice Robinson. I, I can't say that I disagree with him. I think that one could be a lot of fun. Um, and man, Dalton Castle and the boys are always like, you know, always fun to watch. Uh, kind of like what they're doing with the embassy. So this six, that six man's going to be cool. But yeah, the tag team match is going to is going to be the the show stealer in that one. So I, you know, I, I think we can all we all have plenty to be excited about this weekend. Um, and Samoa Joe, isn't it cool that Samoa Joe is back to being Samoa Joe? I don't oh, think we yeah. ever see that again. I mean, that Darby Allen match was awesome. Yeah, and it really was. Looked, he looked like Samoa. He looked like pre. I drop kicked the stairs and fuck my backup Samoa Joe, where, where he was just like, a, which I just assume we would never see again. Like, sure. I, he's just he's just never going to be that kind of, but he he is like at hitting on all cylinders Samoa Joe now. And, you know, I, I, Juice Robinson and him should be great. He's not the biggest Juice Robinson fan, but the, I think those two should have really good chemistry. And, and I'm just excited that Samoa Joe is back to being a guy who's on TV every week having awesome matches in a way that, I want to see that. And I want to see those guys run it back, you know. Oh, definitely. Let that be the best of seven, right? Just Darby and Samoa Joe fighting. Yeah, it's not best of seven. Just make it seven and just have Samoa Joe murder him a different way every week. It'll be fantastic. Um, Brian, what were you going to say? <laughs> I was going to say, I'm excited about Athena and Mercedes Martinez. Like, Mercedes Martinez is one of my all-time favorite women's wrestlers. Uh, disappointed I never got her and Charlotte, but... The way Athena been just taking it up a notch with all the women that they placed her with on Dark. And she said that, you know, if why can't she hit hard? That's her style. I want to see how that's going to fly over with Mercedes Martinez because Mercedes, she don't play around. So I think they're going to kill each other. Yeah, I think that'll be the plan. Yeah, Mercedes Martinez, she's from that, like, Jersey like homicide, Manny yep. Fernandez wrestling. Man, she doesn't mess around. That's gonna be that. You're you're right. I kind of forgot that was on the show, but now that you mentioned it again, it's like, oh man, they are really gonna beat the piss out of each other. That's gonna be really entertaining. Uh, Mercedes is great. She hasn't had a. I don't think had a ton to do in AEW. Right. I, I mean, she's been excellent for twenty years. She really has. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she's she's not been given 
<laughs> very, very much of an opportunity. So this is uh, hopefully this Ring of Honor thing TV deal finally comes through, so some of these folks can actually get some regular screen time um, and remind us while they're why why we love them so much. Uh, we'll get that opportunity on Saturday at death. I mean, at, at final battle to to remind us about about a bunch of these a bunch of these people uh, who aren't on TV a ton. Um, I'm sure it'll be a freaking great card. Um, and you're right, Athena, Brian. I mean, to the point you made. I mean, Athena, to the point Athena made, she's right. If she was a dude, people wouldn't be, wouldn't have the same critiques of her at all. Uh, and, and, and now I think this is the story, right? Just what, like, we're going to see how stiff they can do it. And, and it's, it'll be, it's it'll be, be a thrill to watch. <laughs> Uh, we got to get out of here, guys. Thank you so much for sitting in for Kaz. Uh, Kaz, we love you, buddy. And we will, um, we're going to be back here on Monday with our now regularly scheduled Mass Man Monday. Uh, tune in tomorrow uh, for Cheap Heat Friday something. We got a very special interview lined up um, once again. Guys, you want to get any plugs in on the way out, Phil? I've got my uh, Matches of the Week column, which ran Monday. I talked about uh, Santos Escobar Ricochet, which was a wild match to have on WWE TV. Just like you, uh, that, that team made an event SmackDown. It was just awesome. Uh, Dax Harwood, Brian Danielson, which is which is just such a smartly worked match with a ton of fun, different twists and turns to it. Uh, Kenta Mike Bailey, which was, they, they said on commentary, Mike Bailey used to make music videos of Kenta matches before he ever became a wrestler. So having him a chance to like work at, uh, an ultimate dream match for an indie version almost of that Kingston Judakiyama match. And then I also um, uh, wrote about uh, the Kingo versus Laredo Kid, which was a match that happened a couple of months ago, but finally aired on TV and was really wild and, you know, a, a real kind of different than the way you'd expect it to be worked, but just as crazy as you expect from names like that. Um, and then keep your eyes open on the ringer. Some point, uh, probably Saturday morning, we'll have a, a little uh, dog collar match uh, history piece that I have coming up, my art piece on Monday, and then coming up also relative my top uh 20 of the year list so lots of things lots of things with my name on it on the ringer coming up pretty soon i just got word guys that sasha banks is going to be at wrestle kingdom this is the, this is what's bre the breaking news as we're recording this so no one knows if she's uh, what she's doing there but they're apparently flying her out so that's very interesting um i guess we'll be talking about that it more says next something week. about that mystery tag in january too that they set up on which we hadn't talked about oh yeah I mean, the fact that Sasha Banks is working a promotion that is not a WWE promotion means that something is going on with her contract that allows her to do that and makes it more likely maybe that she shows up and that, that they set that tag match up with for a reason. Well, I'll tell you this. WWE was 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 willing to let Danielson work New Japan when he signed with AEW to some extent. There, it was open. And now that Vince McMahon's gone, I think those I think that forbidden doors, it was probably wide open. I'm just going to start go with the conspiracy theory that WWE is sending her to Japan so that people will think she's the mystery partner in AEW and they'll just riot when it's whoever else it's going to be when it's like a returning Thunder Rosa or something. Um, that that the three dimensional yeah. chess. They're playing oh, yeah. the checkers. I'm yeah. just playing mm -hmm. chess. That would be hilarious. Uh, anyway, thank you guys for listening. Thanks to John Kerma for producing. As always, thank you to Phil and Brian for joining the show today. Apologies as always to John Moxley. We'll see you back here next week, humans.